Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Labelled Podcast. I am Lucy, and Alice is here with me, of course, Hello. as ever. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Had a little bit of a stressful week where I just don't feel like my brain is working properly or that I can speak, which is good when you've got a podcast, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking's medium important. And then last night, I um, was lying in bed and thinking, am I losing my voice? (laughs) Brilliant! (laughs) I I have to tell you, listeners, I am not. I have lost my voice, I think, twice in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was quite an experience for me because I keep forgetting. And so I just, (laughs) like... (laughs) just I, I it was when I both times was when I was at uni and so I was used to kind of just sitting around in my room on my own and then I'd walk into like the kitchen and see my housemates and I'd be like ah! <laughs> and I'd be like oh yeah I've got no voice do you know when I used to do sponsored silences to raise money for stuff at school um they would often pay me double just to shut me off <laughs> so I don't, think it's, I don't think it's very kind at all but there we go um so how are you Alison how's your week been um busy busy, busy, busy. mental so Mm -hmm. the same as ever um and my dog is moderately badly behaved right earlier this week um what is she what is she eating this week well, she came back in from the garden earlier this week and I was like, why are you walking funny? And I looked and she had a twig sticking out of her bum hole with, oh. a, with a little <laughs> nugget of poo on the end of it. Oh, well, that brings a whole new to the phrase with a stick up your ass. Oh. The joys <laughs> of Labradors, everybody. There are okay. dog owners everywhere going, yeah. Yeah, just another Wednesday. Right, I'm going to move on swiftly. Um, (laughs) Because I think that even made our guest gag. Because I heard her. I can't help it. I was going to, but come on now. So today, this week, (laughs) I'm still thinking about sticks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are joined by the fabulous Jem Turner. Jem um, is going to talk to us about. A little bit. We're going to go. We're going to try and do serious topics in the usual labels podcast, unique brand way. Um, and we're going to be talking about ableism uh, today. What it is? Uh, who is ableist? How you can be ableist, and how you can maybe limit the ableist attitude attitudes you may have. Is that was that a fair assessment, Alice? Do you think? Sure, why not? I don't like it. I don't like it when you give me big like silences and I just keep talking and you're like, go on, go on. Do you <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
Sorry, you're not. You, what you're saying is you're not used to me being quiet. Um, well, why don't we both shut up and let Jem talk for a bit? Yes, Jem, could you please introduce yourself <laughs> while I just quieten down? Oh, I, well, I thought that was a great intro. Do thank you. Down. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Jem, Jem Turner. Um, I'm a content creator and a consultant. Um, I'm from West Yorkshire. Don't know if you can tell. By my accent. Um, (laughs) I'm a very sarcastic, but hopefully, you know, not disrespectful way, um, person who likes to... I'm really fascinated by people, basically, and I think growing up as a wheelchair user um, who's very empathetic, I've definitely watched people and their reactions to me and kind of just made it my job to take the piss out of people um and entertain them along the way um yeah and just kind of sharing my knowledge my experience you know not that that's everything but it's a little section about disability um just to make it easier for us to get on with the world and just do what we need to do without you know the ableism that we're going to be talking about today really yeah I think throughout this episode, you will find that ableism is bad, and don't, yeah, don't 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 be like John the ableist asshole. Yes. Um, sorry to any Johns who may be listening. I was just going to say, my dad's called John, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, really I'm, not, I'm not talking about Jem's uh, dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have to say it was a really interesting topic, and particularly for for people that um are a non-disabled and yeah. uh you know they, they learn a lot from us yeah um yeah surprisingly we do say so ourselves yeah, uh, yeah surprisingly i mean it always surprises me when they go i learned a lot from that episode i'm like oh, oh did you yeah I'm doing i i agree i'm like i think people have it's sad but low expectations of disabled people mm. that much that when we do teach them they're like extra surprised because they're like whoa i actually learned something from you and you're like yeah Congratulations, put a gold star on the chart. Yeah. Not just sitting on eating crayons, actually yeah. doing something sensible. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe uh, it? I know. Shock horror. Jim, could you give us a bit about your background then? So you said you're a wheelchair user. What, yeah. what, what disability uh, or condition do you have? Yes. So I am three foot one to uh, audio described to the listeners. I have brittle bones, which is osteogenesis imperfecta type 3, if you want to get medical, um, which basically means that my bones are like really fragile and I can't put any weight on my legs. Um, I don't stand, I don't walk, um, so I rely on my wheelchair to get around pretty much 24-7 if I'm obviously needing to be out and about. Um this might be quite ableist, but I Go feel on. a little bit like, you know, you're three foot one. You don't need to walk anywhere. People can carry you around in their pocket. <laughs> yeah, but I am I'm quite heavy. Like, <laughs> my, uh, my friends and my family call me like a sack of potatoes because <laughs> I, even though I'm small, I'm like, I'm not very um, elegantly carried. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm no Polly Pocket anymore. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and people can carry me, but it's not as elegant as it used to be. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's me really. It's it's very it's very visual, you know. It as soon people who can see, people who see me, they know I'm disabled, and I think mm. 
like, living as that person, you know, Lucy, you might resonate with this. It's like you can't hide away from it. It's it's a twenty four seven thing, and it's it can be so draining, you know. And having this job is good, but it's exhausting as well because you live in it and you work in it. And I'm finding that tricky at the moment. Mm. Do you? I often describe. I mean, because I, I work for um, a, a company uh, that, that deals with accessibility issues and things like that. Mm. And I often find that advocating for accessibility needs and things like that, and also doing this podcast, uh, uh, that sometimes I feel like I am repeating myself so, so much and then somebody goes, but I don't understand. I don't, I, I don't understand what you're complaining about. Mm. That sometimes it does feel like you're wading through treacle. Yeah. Yeah, and banging your head against a brick wall all the time. Yeah, you feel like a yeah. sa- feel like a saleswoman. Like, yes. you know, I'm selling people <laughs> disability that we're all right. We're we're actually pretty <laughs> good people. You know, we we can have a laugh and and then you think, but I shouldn't have to do that. And no. you know, what if I don't want to have a laugh? What if I'm just fuming at life? And but then you're stereotypically disabled, and it you know, as you as you two know, there's so many layers. Um, I do enjoy it. It's just, you know, every day is different. You know, like today, mm-hmm. I'm a bit fatigued and, you know, if there's the whole internalised ableism of, like, come on, push yourself. And, mm. yeah, I'm sure we'll get into all that, but every day is different. Yeah, that that inter- internalised ableism for me is a really hard thing because you get that, feeling of you're you're kind of warring with yourself of going well I can't you know there's a part of you that's like oh self-care and you should rest and stuff like that and there's a part of you that says well you know well but if you're you're not you're not fatigued everybody else can do this you know you're just lazy yeah. everybody and it, it's really hard to walk that line because as much as you want to fight against the pressures and expectations of the outside world you've also got your own pressures and expectations that have kind of grown into you because of your experiences and you know it's my experience is different from your experience because for a lot of my life um I've been able to pass as non-disabled so there is an element I think for me not that you know I want to play this very top trumps and say oh it's harder for me but there's an element of I can't just kind of point at my chair and go, oh, but I, I've got this as an excuse. You know, this is hard because wheelchair. Mm. I have to be like, this is hard and you can't really see why it's hard, but I'm really tired and this is really, you know, emotionally exhausting. Mm. And and I think that that's, that's one of the, the most dangerous elements of ableism is the way that it, it insidiously kind of is within the the disabled community as much as it is you know the non-disabled community Mm, yeah I think it's very important to say that ableism you are not immune to ableism just because you are disabled (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) I always say you can be disabled and still be an asshole Mm -hmm. um you know it doesn't it doesn't make you like oh well I'm I'm such a goody two shoes because I, you know, I'm disabled because we can all be naughty yes. and we can all get up to stuff that is is wrong. Yeah. Um, or we, and we can rebel as well, and it. I think it's important to say that just because you you are affected by d- 
disability in some way, shape or form, you can still be ableist and have ableism. And maybe you don't even know you I have. Was, I was going to say, mm-hmm. I think that that's the important thing to say is that you you can be ableist unintentionally. Oh, completely. so rampant and so deeply ingrained in our society mm-hmm. that people who, who want to be really pro access and open-minded and inclusive still find that they have some ableist views and expectations because it is just so deeply ingrained and I mean we've talked about it on the show before where you know we've both held our hands up and gone oh I I hadn't thought of that before I said it I hadn't realized that that would be an ableist thing to say about a person with a disability whose you know disability is different from ours because it is so deeply ingrained we are a product of you know the community and the culture we live in that I I don't I don't want to sit here and attack people for ableism they didn't know that they had you know yeah and how are you supposed to know this is what I say to people, like, it's okay that you don't know. It's if you know and you're still doing it, that's the exactly. difference. Exactly. Yeah, if you, are, if you are acutely aware of ableism and you go, yeah, well, I'm still going to use that phrase. Mm, I'm still yeah. going to use those terms. Yeah. You know, you go, oh, okay, well, that's banging our heads. That's what makes us tired, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's the ableists who know they're ableists and so they still carry on anyway because you think, well, that's ignorance. There's a mm. difference between ableist, being ableist, being a reformed ableist and being ignorant. Yeah. You just go, yeah. Before we move forward, is it yeah. perhaps worth giving, for those people who haven't worked it out by now, a bit of a definition of what ableism is? Yeah, I can give that a go if you want me to. Go on, Gemma. <laughs> right. So just to disclaimer, I am a person that likes to use simple ways of describing things. I'm no academic. So I'm just going to describe it the way I would. And you two can add anything on as well. If you okay. I, uh, to add to that disclaimer, neither Lucy or I are academics. <laughs> <so. Okay. laughs> That's perfect. Well, I was thinking about this before I came on. Um, very quickly, as I panicked <laughs> and read Lucy's Instagram message, um, I would say ableism to me personally is any behaviour that either favours non-disabled people, firstly, and I can go into examples as well, um, or directly discriminates or hurts disabled people. That's that's my go-to to way of describing it and Mm -hmm. examples for me um favoring non-disabled people i'm gonna pick a really sort of basic crude example but there's so many there's so many different ways of describing it but say you know a building that just has stairs um and no ramps that's ableist in terms of it's expecting everybody to walk and not you know, not have any kind of physical disability or impairment. Um, so that that is ableist, structurally uh, ableist um, presenting of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other example of, you know, uh, being disrespectful or harmful to disabled people are the things we just talked about, about slurs, use of language, actively using, you know, things like, I'm going to, 
you mind if I say the words or do you want no. me to... No, it's fine. We'll put a, a little warning at the beginning of the episode. Just yeah. to say, watch out for Gemma. She's got dirty mouth. <laughs> yeah, you know what I um, So any words like cripple, retard, spaz, you know, all those words that we we hear on, on TV, we hear it in entertainment, you know, it, it's so flippant that we just mm. naturally hear it every day, but it's so ableist because, you know, I'm sure us as a collective have had that either said to us or even in jest, you know, with, in quotes, friends, um, you know, people whack out those words. And it's those subtle yet really impactful words, you know, that we really need to try and, try and dismantle, basically. Mm. So that's my kind of two-way prong. I don't know if you two want to add any anything to that, really. I I agree. I think I think the the only other sort of element to it is the the sort of the stereotyping and the expectations mm. that come along with it. Of that, if you're disabled, you are a certain type of person. In the same way that, as you know, there are there are gendered stereotyping and yeah. racial stereotyping. It is the same that if you're a disabled person, if you're a person of colour within certain communities, you're expect people expect you to behave or think less of you simply because mm. that's who you are. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and I think that well, is what I was going to add as well, you know, that, that stereotyping that, that comes from ableism then leads on to things like inspiration porn and we're yeah. so inspiring because we've just got up our bed and we've managed to brush our own teeth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of, isn't she brilliant? Oh, oh my God. Pat on the head. Oh, yeah, and that, 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 that sympathetic head tilt. Um, oh, bless you. Um, that, that, again, is, it's all mixed in to, together, isn't it, really? Yeah. The whole, I can't stand the I word. In yeah. fact, I nearly said before this recording, I nearly said it to describe somebody I was talking about. And Alice went, Did you nearly use that word? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped myself. I mean, it's all about, you know, disabled people can be inspiring, mm. but we are not inspiring just because we've managed to get up and not drop any food down our shirts. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not inspiring because we're disabled. We're inspiring because of the stuff that we've done, exactly. regardless yeah. of whether we're disabled or not. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, I've got no, I've got no, no problem with the word, the I word in that sense. Mm. But when you when you just use it to go, oh, you're so inspiring. You've dyed your hair bright red. <laughs> you think that's enough now. <laughs> I mean, it's um, very inspiring, Lucy. It's a good <laughs> <laughs> You know what word just... I've started using instead? What's that? Admire, which I quite like. Because, yeah. you know, when you admire somebody, you can appreciate something that they've done or who they are as a person, but you're not like, woe is me, or not woe is them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. think it's a good word. It gets rid of the pity mm, side of it, yeah. doesn't it, really? Yeah, you yeah. just admire what they do, you know? Yeah. I always like to use the word encouraging as well. If I can encourage somebody mm. to go, actually, do you know what? If Lucy can do it, then there's nothing stopping me. Yes. Um, that that I quite like that word as well, because that, again, is putting the power back in the other person rather than me going, go on, you could do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I could do it and I like, can't walk, what's wrong with you kind of thing? Is that... <laughs> That level of, you know, that that's the whole thing. And often when I say to people, you know, when they'll go, oh, you're quite inspiring, 
I'll go, why? And they go, oh, well, you just are. Mm. And you think, that's not a reason, is it? People, People often tell me I'm inspiring because... I work in social care and the sort of work I do, people see me there with my dog and I'm like, oh, you're such an inspiration. And I'm like, you should hear the way I talk about my job when I'm not at work. <laughs> I, like you would, you would not be inspired. You would be shocked and appalled <laughs> because I'm not an inspiration. I'm complaining that I'm not paid enough to put up with this bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a, from a disabled per- person's point of view, isn't it? it's like, it's baffling. And it's mm. like, it, both sides can't believe that you can't believe each other. That's what I find so funny about it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I can't true. believe you find me inspiring. And they're like, I can't believe that you're offended by being yeah. called inspired. Like, it's a cycle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, because you can, you can kind of get it because, like, they're going, I think it's really cool that you're doing this. Mm. But the problem is, is they're saying, I think it's really cool that you're doing this because you're in a wheelchair. Yeah, they wouldn't be saying like, it to, yeah, they would be saying it yeah. to a person who they didn't have be, a disability. They that's... wouldn't be saying it to Susan. Susan's here again. Imagine Susan. From accounts. Yeah, from accounts. Susan, yeah. <laughs> um, who, from accounts who can walk up a flight of stairs in really really high heels and do it really quick mm-hmm. you wouldn't be saying the same stuff to susan would you no but she's got to run up the stairs super quick because she's got lipstick on her teeth and she needs to get to the bathroom to sort it out <laughs> yeah exactly the rest of us can look after ourselves so yeah, yeah yeah you see i can put lipstick on my mouth without getting on my teeth that makes, that makes me inspiring <laughs> i can't but i've learned the trick that what you do is after you put your lipstick on you stick your thumb in your mouth you rub your teeth and you pull your thumb out, and uh, that gets all the extra. You say, I would just get loads of, I would get in a mess with that. Mm, I thought yeah. I'd come out of the bathroom looking like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, I stick your thumb in your mouth, Luce, not yeah, no, uh, up your nose. I mean, I'm do- for purposes of this podcast, I'm trying to do it now, and I go, rawr, rawr. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can do that either, Luce. No, you see, mess, <laughs> mess, I like a mess. Um, yeah, so it's, it's but it always baffles me, and I always say if I, I if I could have a pound for every time somebody's called me the, that word, mm. um, I would be a millionaire. We'd be rich, and also, we? yeah, I've done educational talk about what it's like to live with a disability, which I always find a bit weird because yeah, my life like is not that entertaining. We're just living, living. Like, yeah, yeah. And I find, like, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to go from birth to now? Or, yeah. like, <laughs> well, I the last five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I went to this one, uh, it was like a church group, which, you know. Wow. And and I said, well, it was quite cold. There was only about 14 of them mm. and, and I, in the church. And I said, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever you, do, <laughs> whatever you do, please, like, try not to call me if you, if I encourage mm. you, that's fine. But please try and not use the I word. Yeah. And uh, she, she, at the end, <laughs> I'm laughing because even I'm even now I would think what the woman, this woman from the back of the church who I'd not seen the whole time I'd been stood up there talking, yeah. when came over to me, grabbed me by the hand and said, "I think you've cured my bipolar." No. Because Next time, she was such an inspiration. Yeah. Next time I have an episode, I'm going to think of you and I'm going to pull myself out of that dark place. Oh. And I'm like, how? But 
I don't, first of let's unpack this. First of all, I don't really think you've got bipolar if all it takes is me talking to you for 25 minutes to cure it in adverted commas. Secondly, what what have I just told you that makes my life sound so bad that you think you have got it better than me? Mm. Like, that is... What? <laughs> and people don't realise how offensive that is. Like, yeah. I don't want to, you know, that is funny. It is funny. But, you know, <laughs> then we've got to go home and sit with that and, and yeah. think, God, there's people out there that look at... Just looking at us think... Oh, I feel so much better because I'm not like that. Yeah. Like that is yeah. so mm-hmm. offensive, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at least my life's not that bad. Yeah. Like God, yeah. can you imagine having her life? And that, yeah. that, you know, you just think you don't know. No. And it, uh, um, when you break that down, that people people walk past you in the street and see your mobility aid or whatever it is, mm. and think. Oh, there, but for the grace of God, I'm so glad that my life isn't that bad. They're mm. literally looking at you and going, their life is so bad because they can't walk. Mm. And you just sort of, I want to say to people, just that one thing, that one thing that that Lucy can't do is she can't walk. But what about all the other stuff? Like, is is your life so closed down that the only thing that's worth doing is walking around like do you wake up in the morning and go oh it's so good i'm gonna walk to the bathroom and then i'm gonna walk downstairs and then i'm gonna walk around in my garden it's like yeah me, life me, is worth let living me, let me tell you you know when people go oh this weekend i'm gonna walk up like mount Snowden. why yeah. why why because when you get there you're not going to be see, ever see anything because it's cloudy just stay here. Go up on the train and then have like a pint on the way down or something. You know what I mean? I mean, I can, anyway. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand. I tried when we went um, to the Caribbean a few years yeah. ago. I found, I did a load of research and I found this mountain hike that was all song and dance about how accessible it was. And I was right. like, this is amazing. They've obviously done something like they've paved like a road up or something like that so I I was really looking forward to it I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna climb a fucking mountain and I'm gonna stand there and look over this beautiful tropical Caribbean island and I'm gonna have a drink with my husband at the top and I'm gonna be like this is fucking awesome Mm -hmm. and we got there and what was accessible was the route up to the place where you hike from and then it was then it then it was just a mountain and like you were basically expected to crawl hand over foot to get up it and I was like you know there is it is not safe for my husband to guide me help me with my balance and uh, also try and walk up a mountain for him never mind me and it it was really gutting and that was one of the times in my life where I was really I was really sad to have a disability because it was something I was really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I couldn't do it was because that mountain was ableist. Mm. That mountain, <laughs> nobody had done the work to make that accessible for me. Yeah. And I understand yeah. there's a lot 
you know of complexities to it because it's a natural mountain and wildlife habitat no 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 but it just yeah it was it was one of those it was one of those things where that was one time where if somebody had turned around and said to me I'm really glad I don't have your disability because that's really shitty Mm. I would be like it is it's really fucking shitty but that that wasn't that wasn't my whole life Mm, you know and there are other things that I have done that are amazing you know we've been in the helicopter I've been in a helicopter ride and stuff like that and it's there there are still really awesome things that I've done with my life that regardless of my blindness are Mm. awesome and it's and I'm and I'm sure there's things that in in each of our lives that we've done and our in our own heads, our disability has not come into it whatsoever. We've just done it without even thinking. Mm. To the outside world, oh my God, you've overcome adversity. <laughs> yeah, you don't think about it, do you, until? No. You know, it's such, uh, what, you know, what you just said, Alice, is like, it's because of something external has made those internal feelings happen. And that's yeah. the point of ableism. It's never... Because, you know, well, it's very rarely, you know, we all have, I would say my only worst days around my disability is pain because it mm-hmm. hurts when you break a bone, of course, you know, and I can't, I can't shy away from that. I can't even no. say, oh, it's sunny, it's sunny, it's, it chuffing hurts. So that is the only thing. But apart from that, everything else is like what you said, you know, you come across barriers and then all of a sudden you're reminded that you can't access something and yeah. you know it's so hard not to not to internalize that and think you know but actually if it did make the mountain accessible you wouldn't have had those feelings yeah or even a bit on the website that said this mountain is not accessible yeah just prepare us yeah. i think yeah i think that the the thing that was the most the salt in the wound was that i had specifically been looking at all the stuff to see what i could do and I'd wanted to do something like that. And it was the, our last day as well, our last full day. So oh. we couldn't even like rearrange to find somewhere that might be easier. And I think, you know, if, some, if I'd stood there at the bottom of that mountain and sprouted wings and flown up to the top just so that I could overcome my disability and get up that mountain, then you can call me an inspiration. I was going to say yeah. that is pretty inspirational, to be honest. Also, Alice, <laughs> if, you, if you do sprout wings and start flying everywhere, we are going to do that to the soundtrack of a Coldplay album. Because <laughs> that's what TV producers love. Yeah. Whack a, bit, whack a bit of Coldplay behind that, possibly Snow Patrol, and we're well away. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. that disabled person has, has overcome their disability. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've said it before and I will say it again. The only magic power worth having is talking to cats. Nothing, you don't need anything else. I thought you were gonna say talking to me, I was like, oh thanks. <laughs> no, I don't need a magic power to do that. I just need a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, it's com- it is completely true though, because I waffle. Going back to the whole being reminded about the fact you're disabled when we know we're disabled mm. and we get on with it anyway. Yeah. Um. Only last week I went swimming, and I've not been swimming for about two and a half years because nice. of the current situation, mm-hmm. and obviously not being able to go and get have a swim. 
And swimming is really good for my body. Mm. It um, helps with all my pain and everything. So I went for a swim. And I was feeling self-conscious because I put a lot of lockdown weight on. Obviously, everybody has. Um, and also, when I am swimming, my brain goes, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? You can't do this. And it panics. <laughs> yeah. Right? I know my brain panics. I can't calm my brain down. I just have to carry on. But So I splash. And to the lifeguards and everybody else in that pool, I look like I'm drowning. I'm not. I can swim. I've got my own water wings. Yeah. I'm quite, I've got quite big boobs. Um, <laughs> you, you're prepared. The body yeah, is prepared. I, yeah. And my, and my bum is quite big. Same. So my bum. She's got her own buoyancy aids. That's exactly what my mum always says, right? <laughs> So I and I am I'm finding it so hard because obviously my brain's panicking. I've not swum in two and a half years. My body's going. I don't, what do you want me to do? Like, how do we do this? I can't remember. And as I'm swimming past some quite slim, able-bodied, non-disabled, I should say, teenagers, one turns to the other and other other in my earshot and says quite loudly, "She's disabled." Mm. And the other one goes, "Yeah, I know." Now, ordinarily, that wouldn't bother me, but because I was struggling, my body yeah. was hurting, my brain was going, oh, God, no. I went, got to the end of the pool and I cried mm. because I thought there is no need for you to point out to me that I am disabled. Mm. I know. Everybody can see I'm struggling. I don't need to be reminded that I, I know everybody can see me struggling. Yeah. Because I felt embarrassed. Yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. And, it, and when you... When you kind of, I think the thing that so many non-disabled people don't kind of grasp with stuff like that is if you, if you were to turn, uh, turn that on other physical differences. So if you were to point at a person in the street and go, he's black or point at somebody else in the street and go, that's a woman. Or like, she's, or she's fat. Yeah. It, people why on earth are you doing that? But there is something about disability that people seem to think it's okay. The number of times that I have people, you know, pointing at me as I walk past with my guide dog going, she's blind. And I'm like, I can fucking see you. <laughs> Not that blind. And I've got ears that work. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's that thing in it of like, you're constantly being watched. You don't have room to just be... You know, you, you're not allowed to make mistakes. You're not allowed to just give something a go without people running up to you and going, oh, let me do it, or I'll help you, or are you okay? And, and it, it doesn't <laughs> help that anxiety, does it? Because no. you're already conscious of yourself. Um, yeah. I always describe it as like, you know, when you're like reversing your car or, you know, if you do drive or you're doing something that takes effort. And then you've got yeah. like a crowd of people watching you. You're not going to do it, are you? And it's exactly yeah. the same thing as my like, able buddy. You know? My able bodied husband will mm. start to park, especially when we lived on the, mm -hmm. the old street we used to live on. He will start to yeah. try and park his car, and he will see somebody, one of our old neighbors, looking out the window, and he'll be like, Nope, not parking here. And he will drive away. Exactly. Because yeah. it's, and it's, yeah, it's being watched. It, it, it's, added, wants it's, added, it. it's like it's like going for a wee when you know people are waiting for you to get in the car. You can't go for a wee no. because you're thinking people are waiting for me. People are waiting for people. I can't go. I can't go. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. Yeah. And then you need a wee when you're in the car. 
which yeah. annoys everybody. But it's the same sort of thing, though, isn't it? Really, yeah. if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, you I feel don't... like you just be a skeptic. It is that spectacle thing, and that, you know, I'm not surprised you felt like that because if you're already having a bad day, and then someone just says exactly what you're thinking. I'm not yeah. thinking, but, you know, what have you conscious you're, of? You're aware of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and we know it. Like Alice said, we know exactly who we are. We don't need reminding. And the thing that really annoyed me, I mean, I was already annoyed. I was like, Mum, can I go and find this girl and splash her in the face? Because she <laughs> pissed me off. She was like, no, no, leave it, leave it. I was like, yes, of course I'm going to leave it. Um, but I did feel like something to do you know I host a podcast? Maybe you should listen to a few episodes. It's quite mm. good. Um, but... Um, but she also, they, well, the pair of them actually also, when I was being hoisted out of the pool, which is also something yeah. that I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not keen on. Same. Because it yeah. looks like they're dragging you out of a, you've had a ducking stool incident. And yeah. you've gone, oh, yeah, she's not a witch. Let's get her out of there. Anyway. Can't imagine what that, how, yeah. how on show, because, yeah, it is, it's that being it's awful. watched, yeah. being stared at. Yeah. That must be really well, really and you're in your bathing suit as well exactly. I, I would I mean, feel really vulnerable i'm actually sweating just thinking about that scenario like i've been there and it's it, it's Horrible. not nice is it and they stood there and they were eyes wide mouth open staring yeah and i'm just thinking just go away and mm. leave me alone because all i want to do now is go and eat a mcdonald's and cry thank yeah. you very much yeah do you know what i mean it's yeah. like Oh, it just it's horrible. Think, it's a horrible thing. I think it's it's an a slightly to be devil's advocate, like there is an element of wanting to see how it works, works. and mm. understand. And as somebody who doesn't see well, I do definitely do a lot of staring. So a couple of weeks ago we had to take the dog to the vets because she had fourteen teeth out, so she's basically gumming everything now i know and while we were there not i don't think we were even picking her up i think we were getting some special new old lady dog dog food because she's got gum everything um (laughs) there was a couple who came rushing out of the side door and into the corner and i i looked and i was like i wanted to see what was going on i couldn't hear what they were talking about and so i stood and looked at them for a long time became aware that they were both having a quite serious cry at the vets and my husband went don't look over there and it was you know i i was trying to establish just in my brain i was like oh what's going on and i didn't yeah i didn't stop to think why Because if I'd stopped and gone, somebody's rushing out of the vets and going to stand in the corner and be held by their partner, like, what else is going on here? Um, (laughs) If I'd thought about it, but I I didn't. Mm. And so I stared and kind of processed it. And it's similar sort of thing for those girls in the swimming pool is they were going... You know, well, how does she get in and out of the pool? How does this work? And I can I can appreciate there is a level of I want to know how this works. But the problem with it is, is that by staring, you're dehumanizing the person who's experiencing it. So what you need to in those situations, you know, the best thing you can do 
is either and i think this this is could be where it's a slightly uh sort of can be a bit uh hit and miss is you either ask the person just outright or you go home and you google it yeah yeah <laughs> or you uh, if you see me afterwards when i'm dressed and not self-conscious of my big fat potato belly because of lockdown <laughs> you go I, oh hi i just saw you getting out of the pool in there earlier on is it all right if i ask a few questions because if you ask me like that mm. i am perfectly willing to tell you everything yeah. you want to know yeah yeah just don't stand there i don't know to be honest i don't particularly mind the staring when you've got <laughs> this is going to sound stupid when they've got their mouth shut <laughs> yeah that when they're wind, staring with a, yeah uh, with an open mouth and you're like hello mm. hi i want to put my finger in their mouth and go, <laughs> just, to, just to remind people of what they're doing i am i am aware of you here hello um i do think to myself does jennifer aniston have this problem <laughs> oh probably she probably walked through tesco's and people yeah, are like we are jennifer oh. aniston the thing that people don't realize though as well that i try and explain is that when like you've just said alice like when people do that mm. they are one person and they don't think you're affecting their life at all but you imagine we get 20 people maybe per outing yeah. so like yeah. It all adds up, doesn't it? So yeah. you could, you could, that could have been your 18th person, Lucy, that someone yeah. had done that. And that's why it causes anxiety because we're so mm -hmm. used to it. It's not, it's not a new experience for them. It's a new experience, but for us, it's 28 years for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's what I try and explain that, you know, you might mean well and you might just be interested, but imagine everybody that we bump into are interested in your life you're like bloody hell you know i just want to get a bag <laughs> of crisps you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's hard though i definitely get it i get that you want to learn it's just getting that balance and it is isn't it and it's also as well there is you know since starting this podcast podcast actually and talking to speaking to alice i can remember one of the first things alice said to me well, because I, I say that, you know, if you want to ask questions, ask me. doesn't matter how you ask that question, I will filter the answer mm. so that you can understand it. Yeah. And Alice said to me, well, why do you feel like you are always having to do that? Why? You know, because it's mm. exhausting. It is exhausting. And I think it was only Alice talking to me and saying, why do you feel you need to do that? Because yeah. isn't it exhausting? That it was only when Alice said that I thought actually yeah it is really exhausting. Mm. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. You know maybe I should not not shouldn't but maybe I should sort of take a step back and go actually I'm not going to answer that question. There's, yeah. I think the way for me is that there it's a two way street and yeah. the the responsibility for educating each other crosses both ways. Yeah. So. You know, there are absolutely things about different cultures and experiences that I have no idea about. And if I wanted to learn, but but we live in 2021 and if I wanted to learn about it, although the Internet is full of trolls, it's also full of very interesting, very reliable sources that you can without even, you know, you don't even have to ask people on Twitter. You can Google it and read a sensible academic article or something about it. Yeah. Or 
you can ask someone but you know what i don't i think across all cultures and societies and groups we also need to be able to recognize that you know what we shouldn't have to do all the heavy lifting no like it people do always come to us and like i'm so bored of being asked the same questions over and over again and it's like there's i've got my standard answers where you kind of you can almost continue thinking about planning what else you're going to do while you're out whilst you're having a conversation with someone because you've had this conversation 15 million times and it's it might be interesting for that person and that person might go home and tell their one friend about it but Mm. (laughs) i just think like like but yeah, but I mean, I know what you mean. Like, what are they going to do with that information once you've told them? It's like poor gossip, isn't it? Yeah. And that's that's where I think the the problem with these little interactions, mm. they, they don't combat ableism. Mm. The things that combat ableism are the big, they're the big campaigns, they're the changes in representation in the media yeah. and unfortunately it is also those big incidents like george floyd losing his life to what those police did to him is horrific but it brought that issue to the global stage and it was hope- a step change wasn't it exactly yeah. and hopefully a lot of people will change their perspective because of hearing these new narratives and i mean that's partly what we're trying to do here is you know with this show is is bring those disabled narratives out into the the mainstream to an extent and if if you if you think that that's a good cause you should make sure you uh share and rate and review and promote the podcast i hate it when you do this was that a bit of promotion (laughs) it does she just does it like she's right it's like oh like somebody's flicked a switch (laughs) I promise you, she just all of a sudden like, goes into podcast mode. <laughs> um, it's true, though. It's true. It's I, I. I say that I've stopped. I've stopped when people ask questions. Now I really think about whether I want to answer them or not. Like I've stopped. Yeah. Uh, you know, automatically answering. Jen, that's a really interesting point that you brought up there. Like, if somebody says to you, "Oh, like asks you a question," mm. for instance, for an example, yeah um what's wrong with you then right i know that there is a lot of things wrong with that question but i'm just going by the average joe question yeah and you think to yourself i'm not doing this today Mm. not not today simon thank you um how do you go about saying no yeah is it as is it as simple as no i'm not answering that question or is there a way that you work because i struggle with saying no yeah (laughs) um and I will always go, oh, well, this, and then tell them my life story. And then you can see they're kind of losing interest. Mm. But I, I can't bring myself, when somebody asks me, what is the matter with you? I can't bring myself to go, I'm not answering that question. So I'm interested to know how, how you deal with that. And actually, how Alice, how, you know, how do you deal with it too? The best I've ever had is... If somebody comes up to me and goes, oh, what kind of dog is that? I will go, it's a Labrador. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because I don't need to justify why I need my dog. 
and what service she provides. Yeah. And so, and that always makes people go, but, but what, what kind of dog? And I'm like, I should, should black Labrador. <laughs> a very good dog. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Wrong. Well, he twigs up his ass, will you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, how, you know, is there, have you, have you honed the skill of saying, Thank you very much, but now I'm not going to answer that question. Yeah, and do you know uh, what changed for me? So I used to be like that. I used to, you know, answer everything and be like, well, we're not born, and blah, blah, blah. Whereas it, what changed was I used to get, I used to work at Uni of Leeds um, mm-hmm. about two years ago, for two years, and in the process I would be picked up by taxi drivers every morning and oh. taken home. Yeah, you know what's coming. And the anxiety that I built because these men were asking me, mm-hmm. you, you can imagine all the questions I was being asked. Yeah, I had the exact same, and I think this is probably mine came from the almost identical experience when I was at Uni of Leicester mm-hmm. and I had a 40 minute taxi journey to and from yes. every day. Literally. And it was horrific. It was, yeah, it's a different person every yeah. time. Yeah. And you just, yeah. You don't know what's coming. Here's the frequently asked questions. Take a little read of those before we get off. Literally. And it's just, you know, it's, it's first thing in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I've I've got my coffee and my coffee cup. I want to sit here quietly yeah. and just not. Or it's last thing at night and I'm fucking knackered and I've been in the library all day. I just want to not. But yeah, yeah. So the way sorry, I, go on, Gemma. No, like, the way I dealt with it was, I think I put up with it for like a couple of months, and then when someone says, "What's wrong with you?" I'll either <laughs> there are two options. One is go uber sarcastic and be like, "Nothing. What's wrong with you?" Because that pulls mm. them up and, you know, mm. what you, to show them how rude that question is. Or I'll say, um, I was born and this is who I am. You know, as in, how dare well, Jen, you? That gave me, like, little goosebumps then. I like that. Well, it is. Yeah. You know, it, I was born the way I am. Nothing is wrong, you know, and it, it, no? it, it's... It, screw you if you think something's like do you know what i mean it's like if you change that mindset and make them realize how rude that question is um or the third option is uh i'm not answering questions like that that's really personal yeah like you know it's just being bold about it and i think and i think it's it's getting over that barrier that Mm. barrier that you put onto yourself of i've got of course i've got to answer that because if i don't answer the questions it's rude yeah well actually they're rude yeah yeah and also you don't yeah we're not on this world to educate people just Mm -hmm. as much as other people aren't on this world to educate anyone you know it's choice and my private information is sacred i did I, i looked at something the other day and i was like yeah my personal information is mine and i will share it I mean, I do, I do put things on the internet, so, you know, <laughs> I sometimes, but, yeah, it's still, it's my choice. It's, exactly, it's agency, isn't it? Mm. It's about, you make that decision to share that information, and if yeah. somebody, if somebody wants to, to find that information out, it's mm. out there, but to just drop it in casual chat, yes. like it's, you know first thing to say as well yeah you know it's and when it's men you know it 
I'm going to bring the gender thing up, but you know, as a woman, when a, yeah. a man that's at least 20 years older than you is asking you, how do you go to the toilet and do you have sex? That's oh, not Jesus. something that you want to be chatting about seven o'clock in the morning. No. Uh, well, oh, ever. Although, <laughs> although, although, can, can you feel your legs? And you're like, mm. yeah. 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 What, and what, yeah. Why, why do you want to do like, you feel yours? Because you won't feel your feet by the time I've finished with you. Literally. <laughs> well, one man said, um, can you have sex then? And I just said, well, I'm not interested. Like, I just spun it round. Yeah. And the, they went bright red. And I was just like, that's how rude that's, it that's is. Harassment. Yes, that's harassment. That's sexual harassment. And if somebody said, if anybody, listeners, ever says anything like that to you because of your physical disability, it's particularly taxi drivers, you turn around and you report them mm -hmm. because there's there's ableism and there's that like sexual harassment is terrifying and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And and I mean ableism is terrifying and dangerous, yeah. but one of the things that we are that is being increasingly understood by the mainstream population recently, you know, sadly in part thanks to what happened to Sarah Everard, women are constantly on edge because of their vulnerability and the perceived vulnerability, you know, of, of men taking advantage of them. Yeah. And mm. so, yeah, I think those those questions, it's not just about being personal and per like breaking a person's, you know, personal barriers. There, that There's an inherent almost threat mm. about yeah. oh yeah that of course kind it of it's a power thing isn't it it's, yeah it, it, of course is. it is it is and and i'll tell you where else is, is i find personally rife for ableism and that is online dating mm, yeah online dating i haven't i haven't done it for years because it's just it's just soul destroying yeah um and i won't ever do it again ever but um the amount of times I got asked the question, um, what's wrong with you? Yes. So I'd, you'd go down the le regular spiel of there's nothing wrong with me. Um, you know, I've got cerebral palsy, but it doesn't stop me doing things that I want to do or living life. Blah, blah, blah. So you get, o you kind of get over that initial what's wrong with you question. And then, there, uh, you know, chit chat will then continue for a while. And then after about 15, 20 minutes, they start with the, disability questions again yeah and it's so can 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 you have sex can you feel your legs did you not have you not thought about suing the hospital where you were born <laughs> and you think didn't isn't your cp because you were premature yeah so you I should be of, suing your mum then uh, yeah i had lack of oxygen to my but no as far yeah but as far as as far as i'm concerned that what happened to me is nobody else nobody no. else's fault my mum's not to i know my mum occasionally she struggles with it you know she said if i'd have been able to to grow you properly it wouldn't have happened and i said mum that's ridiculous a freak happenstance of, of nature it does. yeah yeah it's just and one I of those things but you can just say you can and i can see the mindset of that ableist yeah. asshole that I'm talking to going, oh well, if she's disabled, she might have some money because she'll have she'll have a payout from the hospital that did that to her. Imagine thinking that. I just I don't understand. I know no. there are people out there that think it, but I just don't get it. And I just got 
exhausted with mm. it. I, and I just thought, it's not, I can't do it. Yeah. Because as soon as you eat, you either mention your disability and they disappear, mm. or you mention the disability and then you get creeps and weirdos going, yeah, but can you, can you, can you still like, can you feel, feel everything? Yeah. Mm. It's yeah, I'm because not... because the thing that they're immediately thinking about is their dick. Yeah, of course yeah. they are. It's uh, it's for their own gain. Like it's yeah. I've stopped because it's just soul destroying, and it's mm-hmm. it. I just feel like like you say it's yeah. But people do say, oh, it's a really good way to filter. You know, the people that uh, you really don't want to go out with, and it's like yeah, but. I don't want to see that every day. You know, I don't want to be reminded every day. Um, And I haven't got the energy for it, so I'm just ready to get back out there. So what would you guys say for the people out there listening who want to combat ableism, who want to be good allies? What would your advice be to them when you see ableism out in the real world in your life? What, you know, what, what would be your piece of advice to those people? That's a good question. I think one thing for me would be um, the really default reaction is to defend the non-disabled person. That's that's mm. the first thing that people do. And I would say, if you want to be an ally, you know, pause, check check how you're feeling. And if you're favouring the non-disabled person, think why. You know, think actually, what is it like for the disabled person? You know, yeah. if somebody can't get into a building... But, you know, it's an old building, it's really hard to make changes, you know, well, what if there are ways to change it? You know, people always try and favour the non-disabled view because that's all they know. Um, So, yeah, challenge your defensiveness, I would say. And I would say as well, you know, there are lots of resources now on, on social media and things like that that go into the use of language mm. so like like Jem did earlier Jem, you said the word stupid and corrected yourself and said ridiculous mm. this is something that i am still learning to do and i was still like i was at work the other day and i said i don't want anybody going into a blind panic mm. or um they're tone deaf those kinds of phrases yeah that actually are quite deep rooted in in ableist attitudes and language yeah. well and there, there's been a lot of work by people that i follow i mean i follow you gem on online and there's been a lot of people like with yourselves mm. who've gone you know instead of saying this say this instead yeah you know so any we I mean, all do we literally of course we do I mean, we. I think we both. We, we. I am constantly like. Should I say that? Should, I constantly. I have to check myself. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, and um, it is getting better because of the job that I am now in. I am more uh, aware of what I am saying. Mm. Makes it sound like I just run my mouth off all the time. It's like, oops, a daisy. And yes, of course, there are going to be times where the god one does slip out. But I think is making a conscious effort to try and not say things like oh you're so stupid or that kind of thing that's really interesting because the the couple of phrases that you threw out there about a blind panic or tone deaf mm. wouldn't would not have occurred to me yeah and wouldn't have been, like i i i don't think i'd find a blind panic offensive but i think the point that you know, one of the things that Gemma said is it's about stopping and kind of checking in and thinking about 
other people's perspective yeah yeah you might not find that phrase offensive but what if the person you're talking to what if somebody listening what if somebody walking past you in the street hears that phrase and that phrase for them is really triggering and really Mm. upsetting like that's that's where it's kind of got to got to come from the the thing that i am I'm trying to use less gendered language. So mm. I was very aware listening to one of our history lessons about Horatio Nelson, where we were very come at me, bitch. And looking mm-hmm. back at it, it's like, actually, you know what? Bitch is a really horrible derogatory term for women. Mm. And I personally, I think, you know, these are these are all things that we need to try and across the board think about yeah. our language the other thing i'm trying really hard not to do is go that's mad isn't it because mm. i work with a lot of people with mental health issues and again that's a really nasty term for somebody for the experience of someone who has absolutely no control over their mental health yeah yeah and- so like i've started using it or trying to use a word you know like if somebody asks me how how busy work is and it's very busy instead of saying oh it's mental, mental. Or, or it's mad i'll say oh it's crackers you know because it's you still you still get the same sense of she's really really busy by you, you you're supplementing mad and mental with crack crackers is not offensive to anybody is it really? i'm pretty sure i used i said work is mental at the top of this very episode so it is also you know a so I just realised I'm miles away from my microphone. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Come is, back to us, Alice. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is some like it takes the takes practice and work to build yeah. that into your vocabulary and your understanding. Yeah. Um. But that is how it's doing little things like that. That is a big part of how that real institutional, deeply ingrained ableism gets broken is because you just start spotting the everyday things Mm. and doing small things to change it yeah another example of of language is i used to this is going to sound awful and i apologize now um but i use my hands occasionally my cerebral palsy in my hands seemed really bad compared to other days so i can pick up pick up a cup of tea and spill half of it all over me I can not hold a pen. My hands, my hand, my hands feel like five minutes behind my brain. Mm. Like they just don't want to just sit there. Like, and I used to call it spaz hands because to me, it's what it, that's what it was. But I realised that actually I'm doing myself a disservice. They're try they these hands are trying. They're like claws, but they are trying. So now I call them ham hands because it's like I've got two hams on the end of my ha- arms that just go. No, we're not working today. Yeah. So but, it's been stuff like that, isn't it, really? That well, you and I think, again, that comes back to one of the other things that we've talked about before about self-identification. Mm, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that use those kind of phrases as a bit of a shield. Yeah. You know, if I there, call yeah. myself a cripple, if I call myself a spaz, then I've done it first. Nobody else can, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it doesn't hurt then if other people say it. No. Um, and that's that's a reflection of that um, internalized ableism. And I'm not saying, you know, if that's how you choose to self-identify, then fine, that's entirely up to you. But personally, I feel like using that kind of self-identification 
it, it reinforces that. Mm. And I think as well, this whole, you know, ha- have being disabled and being positive as well. You know, there are days where I, oh, the, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm very, I like to be neutral with it. <laughs> like, it, whilst I am, I like to be positive ab- about disability and the fact that it doesn't stop me, I'm not going to deny the fact that it makes everything difficult. And the week, last weekend in particular, I had about two or three days where I thought, do you know what? I don't want this. I don't want this disability anymore. Can we can we take it off and try another jacket on, please? Because this, just everything. My hands were really bad. My, I got brain fog, which I've still got this week, as Alice will tell you, because it's, my brain just goes, no, I don't know what you, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I just think, oh, this is no, I've had enough of it. This is bad. I don't want this anymore. But that. So is that internal? Because I never really understand what internal. Like, of course, I know what inter, I know what ableism is, but I am very bad at identifying what is internalized. To me, that's me not yeah. doing ableism. No, I don't. I don't. I feel like that's not. But I'm not sure what Alice thinks. But to me, more internalized ableism is. Oh, I'm. I'm not good enough because of this. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you can still recognise pain and fatigue and, you know, you can be like, oh, God, this sucks. I don't know, like, to me, that's not internalised ableism. But, Alice, what do you think? That that's that's one of the things that makes disability really a lot more complex Mm. when compared to a lot of other minorities. So, Mm. you know, when I was talking about self-identification, uh, obviously, you know, for the LGBTQ community, phrases like queer have very much been reclaimed and are a positive thing. And, mm. you know, so there should be elements of the disabled community where we can reclaim some of these words that have previously been. And there are, you know, there's definitely movements within the disabled community to reclaim those kinds of words. For me, I think because of the complexities of like if you if you said to me you can I'll take your disability away now that's it forever it's gone I I would sell you my firstborn <laughs> like it, it, no I have kids I hope the the adoption <laughs> social workers are listening Yes. The next one. <laughs> yeah. I will I will uh I will sell you an organ that I'm not using very much. Yes. You uh, sell the rights to the podcast to somebody who like yeah. a fairy godmother who can go. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would give up the podcast if it meant <laughs> I I didn't have my disability anymore. And also, to be fair, do you think we'd have much to talk about if you were disabled then who would be like, Hi, welcome back to the podcast? Basically, we're all cured. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a disability anymore. Ha, 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 ha. Sucks to be you guys. Basically, Alice has been on the peppermint tea and everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. What's it like? Tell us everything. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, ultimately, I don't know if I have the answer, really, to what is internalised ableism, what is ableism, what is living your truth what is self-identification mm. but i think ultimately it's having these conversations is the really important thing yeah i mean i know that i struggle with 
confidence sometimes and particularly this, particularly this week Alice is like no you you're doing all right Luce come on you're doing all right come on it's fine you're fine honestly you're fine it's just numbers you don't like it's all right um which is actually a snippet of the conversation we had earlier this week Ooh. so I, and I think that I get very cross about the way my brain works and what sometimes embarrass me. Mm. Uh, there was an incident at work this week that I felt I couldn't do a piece of work because my brain was just like, I don't understand. I don't understand this. And the reason why I couldn't understand it was because my disability means I can't do numbers very well. Mm. I can do like creative stuff and words and stuff. numbers, not not a clue. Alice has to do all the numbers for the podcast because I'm like, no, I, no. <laughs> um, I have told you and, that I don't actually have a maths GCSE, haven't I? No, you're, but you're better at it than me, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've got a G in my maths GCSE, it's fine. So you see, okay. you know, really, really bad. And that embar- embarrasses me. Mm. But I know that that is internalised ableism, yeah. but I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to stop feeling embarrassed by my brain going, no, I don't know what you, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Because I pride myself of being able to understand people. Mm. And help and helping people understand me. So when I don't understand something, and, and it's because my brain's going, uh, no, what? I get very embarrassed. Yeah. About, you see, you see, I'm feeling I, talking, even talking about it, I'm feeling embarrassed. Yeah. I suppose the the difference, I guess, between ableism or the thing to really that you have to have to combat ableism is that acceptance. Mm. It is going, you know, you you get brain fog numbers are difficult because of your disability you find mm. it hard that's frustrating but you can't help it and it doesn't make you a yeah. bad person and it you know although it might be frustrating and a little bit embarrassing there is these are the times where your disability is kind of a shield because you can go well you can't take the piss out of me because of that because this is not something I can have any control over yeah mm. yeah and and that's what it kind of comes back to it's you know, you you cannot anybody who makes fun of me for not seeing something. It's just a dick because I like if I could see it, I would. I would do it. I would see it. I would. I don't know, dance all round it. But we I part. We have production meetings, and I go and I go to share my screen on Teams, and I go, can everybody see that? And I, and Adam will go, yeah. Alice will go, no. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. I think that's really, that's how we, we combat ableism ultimately within ourselves and across society is just the recognition of that if this is how you are, that's okay. Mm. But that you can be a person and have other things and do other things that are unrelated to and extend beyond the things that you are because of your disability yeah yeah definitely and like well two things one some society is telling us that we have to be good at maths when actually who cares like who actually cares i know you (laughs) care i'm like i'm not invalidating that but genuinely i don't care that you can't do maths and you don't care that i can't walk like (laughs) do you know what i mean like I, i think you're a great person and i don't even care that you don't do maths I've got a friend who, who knows his way around spreadsheets. It's fine. I just send him everything. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then the second thing I, I do think, you know, not combat, I don't know, but to just deal with it is to share. So, like, my internalised ableism is how loud my chair is. 
Like, that's got nothing to do with me. But when I... T- I'll, I'll do it for you. So, wait, I wonder if the mic will come up. <laughs> you hear that? Wait, I'll do it again. That's what happens yes. when I turn it on. So, yeah. I, ever since I was a teenager, doing that, like, the boys at school will be like, mmm, mmm, you know, like that. Yeah. And Gemma's coming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's that thing of, that's got nothing to do with me, but I would feel embarrassed that I'm mm-hmm. walking around this metal thing that goes everywhere I go. Whereas now I'm trying to tell myself, like, so what? Like, whack it out, you know. But that's the internalised ableism. No one actually cares when it makes a noise. It's just me. It's just yeah. a really, it's a, it's a really complicated thing. Like, you know, ha- other disabled people saying to you, you know, inter- can't, you know, dissipating internalised ableism is a really important thing to do, but it's so, so hard. So hard, yeah. So hard. Uh, but thank you. I see I've learned something because I didn't really know what was internalised ableism what, and what was just me being a really what, really. Yeah. I think the thing that I would say with all the work I've done on my mental health over the years the the best thing I would say that you can do to combat any of that sort of internalized ableism is it's it's what Gemma says it's taking take a step back and think Mm. you know Lucy if if everything you just said about you and maths if that had been a conversation you'd had with somebody else in a wheelchair if it wasn't you if that was you know if that was a conversation you were having with Jem, like, mm. what would you, what, from the outside, what would you say? What would your thoughts be? Because obviously from the outside, Jem and I are going, well, it's related to your disability and it really doesn't fucking matter yeah. that you can't do maths. Mm. But inside your head, you're going, oh, I can't do maths and that means my disability makes me stupid or all of those things. But it's, it's illogical. And the reason yeah. it's illogical is because our our internalized voice and the way that society is structured is supposed to keep us down it keeps us down and that's where that self doubt comes you find things to tell yourself that yeah the world's right i am sure everything when actually you know we're not (laughs) we're gonna tell ourselves we're not my brain is just a horrible person the only person who can stop those thoughts is you yeah Mm. Yeah. And and it does it does. I'm not saying that ableism from ableists and people outside in the world of structural ableism is not a thing and is not a really important thing. And we do absolutely need to challenge those and change those. But I think internalized ableism is the most dangerous thing yeah. because then it's it just you you can't fight and challenge against these people saying you're not good enough because you're disabled if in your head you're thinking you know what they're right yeah mm. yeah that took me a long time to realize that as well like i would say teenage like 18 i started to think do you know what this is impacting every part of my life like i couldn't do speeches without you know having panic attacks and stuff like that because i was so bothered about what people thought of me but he mm. took that to li- literally, I like did a speech, had a panic attack, dropped the mic, rolled out, and that was the day that I was like, Do you know what? I'm not doing that again. Jen, Jen, 
Did you did, did you invent the mic drop? Literally, I did. <laughs> and it's just like sometimes you've got to process those thoughts through. I don't know. It sounds cringy, but you've got to you've got to really get into it and realize it before you can get through it. If that makes sense. So what yeah, you're going yeah, through now, you've got to proper look into it, aren't you? Even though it's so annoying. I think slowly but surely I am getting there, but there are going to be times where your brain just goes, no, not today. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not, you're not the four-wheel wonder woman today. You're going to just sit and um, get very angry about things. Yeah. And I think for the non-disabled people out there who are, you know, wondering what they can do to combat ableism, you know, one of the things that they can do is in the situation is when Lucy or I or Jem or any other disabled person have those days of I can't do it today, I hate myself today, I'm not good enough mm. today, is mm. is that's that's not when we need you to tell us that we're an inspiration. Yeah. No. Because Cause it makes us feel worse, doesn't it? On the days yeah. where we feel like a bag of, bag of dog poo, we don't need somebody saying, oh, you're, you're so inspiring. No, well, no, I'm not. Do you know what I mean? It's That's that's not helpful. You know, if it's taken us all of our energy and effort to get ourselves out of bed and brush our teeth, don't then come along and tell us that we're inspirational for doing so because, like, we don't feel that on those days. And what we really need from you is support. And that's not support. That's putting us up on a pedestal. That's telling us that we have to either achieve really great things to be worth note or basically just you know get out of bed to and deserve applause what we want is to be seen for who we are flaws and all yeah and i think it's really important that disabled people and non-disabled people support each other you know, by sharing those those ups and downs. I think this goes back to what I always say, Alice. People just need to be a bit kinder, don't they, really? Mm. A bit kinder. To themselves and to other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I do think, like, you know, being able to share how we genuinely are feeling in a safe space is the best thing. And then, mm. you know, just being told that our internalised ableism is a load of bullshit when we need it. Like... You know, we can't help these thoughts, but we've got to voice them. And then yeah. our mates to tell us that it's a little rubbish. And, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure from the people that I know and the uh, non-disabled friends and family that I have, that that self-doubt and that self-hate, everybody feels that. Mm. So this isn't just a, just a problem for the disabled community. We... Are all, we all live in a society where we're told that if we are not a very, very specific type of person, that we're not good enough. Yeah. And actually, most of us will never meet that or be that because it's simply not who we are. It's not how we were born. That's not how we... And also, society's vision of perfection doesn't exist. That's the thing. No. It's a bit like... Exactly. It's a bit like The Wizard of Oz. Yeah everybody thinks it's there but it's not yeah exactly it's it's i think really important for everybody across the board to just be able to go well i mean some people can't do some stuff some people can do other stuff and that doesn't make you 
a bad person. No. And you don't judge others. Like, I literally, I don't know. I just don't look at other people and think, oh, wouldn't it be better if they could do that? Like, no one ever does that. We always just say it about ourselves. Yeah. You know, we put ourselves on such a high standard. When yeah. when I meet people, I think, wow, I love their dress sense. Or Lucy, I love the colour of your hair. And Alice, I just love the way, like, uh, I love your top. You know, like, you just <laughs> pick things that you like about mm-hmm. people. You know, yeah, there are assholes out there but do you want to be mates with them anyway no no yeah i i spent a lot of my time as a in my late teens and early 20s comparing myself to other Mm. girls around me and going oh well you know look at her hair and her dress sense and she can see and look at all of this and she can see and then you know i've since become friends with girls who have said to me you know who i've been sitting there going oh but look at how she dresses and she's got you know she's so beautiful and this and that and the other and they are like are you joking I can't you know make I don't have the confidence to make phone calls for myself Mm. or you know I if somebody's mean to me in the street I just take it if and and I'm amazed that you as in me will doesn't doesn't take it will turn around and say something will kick up a fuss and I think that that's also the other thing to think about is that there are people out there who are looking at you going oh my god look what they can do yeah Yeah. because you never you never really you never hear that do you really you you never you never realize the impact that you have the positive impact on people you you are you are far more likely to go oh but this is wrong that's wrong that's wrong Mm. You are far more. You are far more inclined to to invent a negative the negative connotations yeah. that your existence might have yeah. than you are realize what actually you're very good at. Yeah. I am constantly it? going like I still kind of can't believe Lucy's talking to me. She worked at the BBC. And it's like <laughs> like just because just because that's a big deal and that's impressive. <laughs> And she right. and Lucia's just like, yeah, I'm in my jammies. I'm texting Alice because I'm having a bad day. And I'm like, what are you complaining? Like, but you work for the BBC. How can you not not be like, please, I can do this. This is easy. Get a great woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why we've got to be kind to each other, Nick, because we don't yeah. see it in ourselves. And it sounds cheesy, but that's why I like the deep chats, you know. That's it. But see, Alice was about to tell me how amazing she thinks i am and i stopped her because we're in the middle of a podcast recorded and she's going to make me cry so she just just don't be nice to me otherwise i will cry that is the that is the number one rule really yeah i think it's the thing about ableism that so many people don't realize is the impact that it has on people's mental health mm-hmm. yeah you know completely i can remember things that happened to me years ago that still play on my mind that i know is a big trigger for when i'm feeling terrible and it you know that one person who said that thing to me probably doesn't even give me a second thought but to me it sticks with me and it festers and it's just yeah yep and that and you know that's that also is true for the structural ableism that 
you know, there are absolutely things that I am still kicking myself for because mm -hmm. I didn't see something or I fell over something because the place that I was in was poorly lit or, you know, the signs were too small or there wasn't a ramp access or something like that. I can remember going to an award ceremony for something at college and there was no disabled access, even though they, they, they were told that Lucy was coming and she's in a wheelchair. There was no disabled access to this building. We got there and realised there was no disabled access. It was too late by then. We were there. My friend carried me up the stairs. And he's, he's such a great friend of mine now. Honestly, I have to be very careful what I say to Chris because Chris, if I say something like, oh, I fancy having a go on that, he will make sure I have a go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whether I've changed my mind or not, you're going on that thing. Yeah. That uh, you wanted to go on five minutes ago. Um, you remember she... four years ago when you mentioned in passing that you wanted to go on those one of those like fucking bull ride things, <laughs> yes, Lou. That's pretty much what Chris does. <laughs> um, and I have, to, I have to be very careful what I say because I think, that, do I really want to do this or is it just a fad? Um, but my shoe fell off, and I can remember, I can still remember the feeling of feeling so embarrassed that my shoe had fallen off because Chris and several other people had to carry me up the stairs, and my shoe had fallen off. And I can remember them putting my shoe back on and me thinking, oh my God, people are going to be looking at my feet. My feet are horrible. Oh God. It's not Chris's fault. It's the, it was the building mm. that I was in. If they'd have just said, there's no lift, we would have said, you know what, I'll video, I'll video, I'll be, I'll be appearing live by the, didn't even win. I, I can't actually, I don't know whether I did, I can't remember. Chris will probably listen to this and go, yes, you did. So I'm sorry, Chris, if I've got this story wrong. But, um, yeah, no, it's stuff like that that lives with you, isn't it? The embarrassment. Mm. Yeah. You, know, you, you see those memes, don't you, on the internet of lying awake at night and your brain remembering things. Don't you? <laughs> remember that time you embarrassed yourself 25 years ago? And But I get that because do you remember that time when you couldn't get in this building and you really felt quite embarrassed? It's that kind of thing. The ableism keeps you up at night if you're not careful. But actually, it should be like... Do you remember when that building wasn't accessible? You know, yeah. we should flip it and say that yeah. instead of, you know, can you remember when you got your feet out? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, no one's thinking exactly. about Lucy's feet. They're thinking, <laughs> how ridiculous was yeah. it, you know? Yeah. 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 How um... awful is it that Lucy got invited to something in mm. a building where she couldn't get in? Yeah. The person who should be lying awake at night is the person who booked the you know, building for the award ceremony. They should be lying awake and like humiliated by the fact that they invited a wheelchair user to a building they couldn't get into. Yeah. No. And do you think they are? No. No. Yeah. Of course they're not. No. But uh, the one thing I will say, we'll round off the episode off with a positive, on the positive vibe, is the fact that my disability, I always say, makes me a brilliant dinner party guest because I've got stories. Yes. That never make me boring. So, you know. Definitely. Lucy's obsessed with this dinner party, this imaginary dinner party. She's always talking about it. I I am I'm beginning to suspect that she's just angling for somebody to invite her out to dinner. You can come to mine. You can come to my <laughs> dinner party. Let's do, let's do that, Jeb. I'm accessible let's... as well. I can promise yeah. you that. Level access. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Gem. I really hope you've enjoyed uh, I've loved to it. this morning. Thank you too. Yeah, I feel like uh, perhaps Lucy and I, me in particular, have 
stolen the microphone a bit. So if there's anything else you want to say before we go, Gemma, perhaps tell people where they can find you and a bit about your podcast. Oh, thank you. No, I've I've loved today. Uh, You can find me on at gem underscore turner on socials, uh, gemturner.com. And my podcast is called First Impressions. Um, So yeah, if you type that into either Acast or Spotify, you can find me there. But thank you for today. I've really loved it. And yeah, it's nice to just have a chat about, you know, things that are really personal, but we can all relate to. It is nice. It's been really nice to have you, Gemma. Thanks so much for coming on, Gemma. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And again, if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please, please, please tell all your friends how much you like us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because (laughs) that's where it helps us uh, new listeners find us. And that's really important because we want lots of people to listen to us so that we can keep doing this. Um, Yeah, so follow us on social media and all of the rest of it. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Labelled Podcast. If you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Labelled Podcast. Uh, thanks go to our editor, Adam Hall, our music composer, Maisie Crunden, and our graphic designer, Sarah Coney. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.